We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vaccinated for you, that's a minus 20. It's a six, <laughs> Kyrie. Yeah, it's good, bro. Ain't shit, man. Crazy NBA never sleeps. 12 month a year sport now, yeah. And now you have summer league where some of these guys are in trade talks, active trade talks. Like, depending on a guy, how a guy I know this may sound crazy, but depending on how a guy may look in summer league, may actually dictate if he gets traded or not. Already, you think? I think so. You talk about like the young guys, obviously, right? With kind of all of this KD stuff loading around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like Summer League gets more and more hyped up every year? I mean, I just think it's it's part of the NBA becoming a you know, 24-7, 365 sport. Uh, but they do a good job. It's like the guys just get drafted and then they're on national TV. So I just think you're kind of just continuing the excitement. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, when did you feel like it got big? Because I feel I have an answer when I think Vegas. Well, no, nah, I mean, has it always been there? Uh, I want to say yes. I think they've done the summer league there, but I, I'm just talking about like even like in uh, when they play in Utah and shit, mm-hmm. like the summer league now as a whole collectively gets a lot of coverage. When do you think it started happening? I can't recall. Do you have a yeah? I feel like when Lonzo. The Lonzo Ball rookie, you remember Kuzma was on the team, and Kuzma was the, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, he killed. This dude is the one, right? That was the false Lonzo Tatum year, right? That was when I remember. And I might be a little biased because I was in Vegas for (laughs) Summer League. Yeah. So we got to go to the games, but it was lit, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, there was a buzz about Summer League being there, the Lakers being in it, and you had the Lonzo dynamic. You had Kuzma, who was Mm -hmm. making noise, like we said, coming out. He was the one that were like, oh, shit, this guy's going to be a steal. Why not? Hasn't aged properly. but I would say relative to where he was drafted, he's been, he's been uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, he's gotten a second contract. He's making some money. He's a guy in the rotation that the teams count on. Yeah. But I, I feel like the Lonzo year was when people were first really into summer league. And then over the last couple of years, you've had 
you know, now you've got Zion ripping the ball out of Kevin right, Knox's arms right. and dunking and him being on, you know, every, you know, top 10, whatever. But, but do you think it has to do with, like, the star power, too? Yes. Gotta be, right? Like, yeah. a kid coming out of college and he's like, yo, this is going to be the one. Let's see him in summer league. First yeah. time he's getting exposure to actual professionals, not not Bob from accountant. And you remember Trey Young had a bad summer league. Yeah. People were flipping out. Was this the right pick? Uh, I forgot who I heard say it, but it's like 75% of the players in the summer league aren't going to be NBA players. No, nah, a lot of them are going to go to the G League. Yeah. Or maybe might, overseas. You know, two, uh, what is it, 10-day, two-way contracts. 10-day Tonys. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, but it, it, it'll re- if you're high on a guy, it'll reinforce what you uh, already think probably, right? Like that's the, probably the only thing that matters. It's like if you like a guy and he shows out, I was right. It kind of yeah. just like, you know, just validates, you, validates you. Exactly. Yeah. For so, sure, man. I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes you see some of the clips of Curry in 09 looking like a baby. And then now what he's turned into. So it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start, man? Because we're going to talk about the free agency stuff. We haven't had a chance to connect in a, in a while on the pod. Uh, like talking hoops. I mean, I like talking everything with you, but. Where, where do you want to start with free agency? We're going to talk about some of the moves, but is there anything in particular? You want to call, go go bear? That's your man's, right? You love Rudy G. I mean, it kind of just like uh, we are. We have like a running joke with my our friend Josh. Yeah, Josh, you know, believes Andre Drummond is better than Rudy Gobert, and it's like, look, I'm not telling you Rudy Gobert's you know a top ten player in the league, top fifteen even, but he's better than Andre Drummond. Mm. Let's not get it twisted. But anyway. Um, I was surprised that he went for that much. Four first-rounders, three unprotected. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, who was the 22nd pick in the draft. Uh, Leandro Balmero, who was the 23rd pick uh, two years ago, um, who actually was a Nick draft pick, if I'm not mistaken, who then got drafted, uh, traded to Timberwolves. That's why I know that guy. Uh, and Jared Vanderbilt, who's a solid rotational piece, good player, young, solid player, I would say. Mm. But I think it's... It's the it's the four first rounders, three unprotected. It's similar to an Anthony Davis trade package. You know, anytime some shit goes down like this, if you are a team in the league that is looking to maybe acquire a Durant, right? We'll get to Durant in a bit. But it's like the same shit that happens in football when a guy gets a contract at a position that, you know, if you're the <laughs> If you're the Chargers now and Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract for, was it, a quarter billion dollars? Mm -hmm. Like, fuck, man, what is Justin Herbert going to take us for, right? So, like, it it creates a new market. So, where I'm going to with Rudy Gobert is there was a funny bit that Richard Jefferson had uh, with Malika Andrews where she's like, you know, if all this stuff went down for Rudy Gobert, what is Durant going to command? And he's like, like, France. (laughs) The entire country. The entire country. So it's like, this is what happens. Whenever there's a deal done or a new contract, the pitcher gets paid, a right fielder gets paid, a point guard, whatever, any anything. A safety. A safety. Now it's like the next guy, if there's going to be a guy that's going to get traded or a new contract, you're like, yo, this is the new market now. And it's like, oh, that's a lot for Rudy Gobert. I have a big problem with it. I don't like guys like Rudy Gobert that with four minutes left in a game, he is a non-factor on the offensive side of the ball. For as great as he is defensively, He's a liability to me. And whatever his points per game are, they're all dunks and alley-oops. I don't like it more than I like it, but I can give you two sides. Okay. Like, yeah. if you're a 
you know, if you're a, a Wolves fan, I, I, I can see two sides of it, though, and I can make you feel better. Or I can make you feel worse. But I can see both sides. Of, I can see why they did it. So tell me why you think they did it and why you like it. You're pushing all your chips in the middle of the table when you know you have two stars on your team already. Locked in for the next five to seven years. Controlled. Uh, air, air quotes, controlled. Because we know, you know some guys are on four-year deals like Durant who wants out. So what is this idea of you know having them under control? But relatively speaking, you got Ant Edwards in his on his rookie contract. Every single rookie will sign the rookie extension. Yeah, right. With every yeah. every single person does it. You have Cat who just resigned, who we'll get to uh, you know at some point. You got your two main guys already locked in, not going anywhere. Minnesota, not exactly a destination for free agents. Mm-mm. So I do think there's an element. Oh, and by the way, you got D'Lo. Who I think could unlock some things for Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll in the offense. He's never played with a passer like that. Say what you want about Donovan Mitchell, but he's much more of a scorer off ball guy. And Mike Connolly is a little over the hill. So I do think there is some untapped potential with Rudy Gobert, potentially on the offensive side of the ball with a D-Lo there. But you know, you're putting all your chips in front of the table on the table, and you're basically saying, like, let's 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 go. You got to assume Ant Edwards, a cat, and a Gobert, you'll make the playoffs every single year. Hopefully, you get out of the first round and into the second round. And those picks, you know, are in the 20s. And, you know, that's that. That's that. But what do you think? No, you're absolutely right that if, let's go back a couple of years ago, the Bucks made the trade for Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, that's a great example. At the time, it's like, yo, that's a lot for Drew Holiday. But they go on to win a championship. A lot of people, myself including, mm-hmm. I think they get back to the finals if Middleton is healthy. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, we can nip it so many seasons. Right? I agree. So at the time, you were like, holy shit, that's a lot for Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday is getting three first-round picks, what would a guy like uh, Damian Lillard go for? Or what would a guy like Steph Curry go for if they were on the block, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, those guys are better players than him. But we're just saying like the new market, thing, mm-hmm. the example of the new market. So to me, what is it that you want as a franchise? Are you happy with just making the playoffs and, yeah, you win a series? I think, but Minnesota, but look, why are you clapping? Minnesota hasn't sniffed playoff success in their entire existence. But how how do you justify a move like this right now playing devil's advocate? You have three all-NBA caliber players on your team. Right, but one of them is a liability for you when there's four minutes left in a game. Because we've seen it time yes. and time again. And you're talking about the playoffs, right? In the playoffs, he gets exposed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do think it could be different in Minnesota. I love a good coach. Chris Finch comes from the Nick Nurse tree. He's an excellent coach. He turned his team around pretty quickly, would You're you say? Coach tree guy. But but did he not turn nah, his team? he did, yeah. No, not many people saw this out of the Timberwolves. So, and by the way, just to refresh everyone's memory, he was hired mid-season last year. Usually coaches get hired in the off-season. Mm. But they had interviewed him before Saunders, Ryan Saunders, the son. They wound up giving Saunders the job, but they loved Finch. When it was time to find a new coach midseason, they just brought a guy that was already on a bench. So it was a very unique situation, kind of almost enforcing, like, this guy's a really good guy. We don't care. We're going to just go get the guy we want. We don't care if it's the middle of the season. Anyway, 
I think there's some untapped potential with Rudy, with having a a, a power forward, a, a cat at the four that could space the floor. You have a point guard who, D'Lo, who can create, who is great in a pick and roll. And you have uh, 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 an Anthony Edwards who is a, 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 a you know, a superstar, a, a, you know, on the cusp of being a superstar who, you know, can really do some interesting things with The Rock as well, potentially in a pick and roll situation with Rudy Gobert. So I just think that... Maybe, you know, in a different scheme, in a different offense with different players around him, arguably more talented players around him, things could be different if you're a Timberwolves fan. Yeah, I would say that I think Minnesota has a better roster than Utah. Utah's roster, I think, is terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, now especially. Like, he went to a better team. And... You're right. Like their top four guys, that's a that's a nice four to have because yeah. you gotta understand that now you're not expecting as much for D'Angelo Russell because mm-hmm. he's not like the main go-to guy. You have two guys ahead of him mm-hmm. even before Rudy Gobert got there. So it's like now he's playing in a more comfortable role for himself. It's like the Andrew Wiggins thing, right? Yeah. Like Andrew Wiggins found a home in Golden State because he's the fourth, fifth option sometimes. So when you get the bonus, the 17 and 16 game, it's like, holy shit, this is dope as Now if Rudy scores, yo, you're so right, and that's something that I didn't even think of. Now when Rudy scores 12 points, that's like a cherry on top. Yeah. Because he's, you know, the fourth guy to your point that you're expecting to get some buckets. So that's a great point that I I overthought. You know how like in, in the NFL we talk about the best luxury you can have is the quarterback on the rookie contract, the good quarterback mm-hmm. on the rookie contract, because you have that four or five-year window before they really get the $40 million plus a year against your cap. It's kind of the same thing in the NBA where Luka, Booker prior to this huge mm-hmm. extension, Zion prior to this huge extension, Ja, all these guys, Anthony Edwards now, they're not making the, the super max money yet, so you could take on a contract mm-hmm. like this. So it's it's a little similar yeah. in the sense of like Anthony Edwards. I know Combo, who I have on the podcast often, he's been adamant on his social media all the time. Anytime he comes on, he's like, you know, Anthony Edwards can win an MVP. Yeah. He's that good of a player. Yeah. Hell of an actor too, right? You saw that movie? Yo, I enjoyed Hustle. I enjoyed it too, bro. Entertaining. Oh, yeah. He was a good, he was a good villain. He yeah. played the villain very well. Love me to heal, son. Yeah. Uh, so I think Rudy Gobert now, if he gets you 15 and 12, you're like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Because you could get Towns to get you 25 to 30. Edwards could get you 25 to 30. D'Angelo Russell could get you, you know, the, the 15 to 18 points you need. So now the level of expectation, what you need from a performance standpoint from him, I think it justifies this move yeah. a little bit. And, you know, there's the element of, there's new ownership led by the led by A Rod and Co. And you know, new owners want to make a splash sometimes. That's very real, you know. And uh, Steve Ballmer did it. Uh, the net, uh, Prokhorov. Yeah, yeah. Which will, came. which is actually there's some kind of you know they're a little uh, related when we talk about the jazz side of this. Um, but new owners want to make a splash. That that group just got majority control, I think. And uh, you know, you know. Made a, made a move. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem when the owner wants to make a move. You know who I have a problem with when the GM is on his way out? Yeah. And then that, they make a move. Yeah. I think everyone's in lockstep here. So, I mean, you draft Ant Edwards. You know, you 
they've assembled they assembled uh i would imagine i would say a, a, a good roster of young talent with, uh, with a good mix of vets as well i mean pre-trade like i i i don't know this idea of like having a bunch of kids on your roster like i like a mix of having some veterans in addition to young guys so they could teach them how to play teach them how to win um even if you are struggling a little bit like you're not winning all these games it's still good to have like vets in the locker room obviously they i know they punched above you know expectations last year with the play-in and they and, and they wanted to make it in the playoffs but um now you can't have a bunch of like 35 year old dudes on the team and mm-hmm. you can't have a bunch of 25 year old dudes on the team well 25 is, is old in the nba almost yeah where you've not been old league, but you've been in the league for like six years yeah. yeah no you're right that's a good point but i feel i, I agree with you like i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to build a roster of just a bunch of just you know like even remember oklahoma city mm-hmm they had the four or five guys that were under 23, but then you had like Perkins was mm-hmm. there. And then you had Derek Fisher came in for a little bit. So you had that grizzle vet to be like, hey, man, you know, the, uh, we're in South Beach. Let's not be out till fucking 3 a.m., right? Like make sure we, we get in bed and we do our business and handle like you need that veteran leadership because well, we've talked about it all the time, right? Like I'm 31 years old. If I just make $20 million out of nowhere, I'm going to act a little crazy. I'm going to get a little wild. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's only right, especially where some of these kids, these situations that you come into, you're eating ramen noodles in college. Well, now it's a little different because you got the NIL, but how about those horror stories where, like, uh, peanut butter jelly sandwiches, yeah, and, and crackers. Shabazz Napier is like, yo, I ain't eat, and I won the national championship, right? He's like, yo, I didn't eat for, like, I'd come back from practice and shit. So it's just, you it's make all this money, so that's why it's a good it's a good balance to have like your grizzled vets and the the young bucks. The last thing that I just want to say is, uh, say what you want about Rudy Gobert, man. Those are regular season. Those are draft picks that 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 are based on how you do in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what you say about Rudy Gobert, he raises your floor a whole bunch. The Utah Jazz you know, for better or worse, have been kind of a mainstay in the Western Conference, right? You know, getting by around here or there. But I think he really does elevate you. You know, they, I don't, I can't see them missing the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not telling you that's like the reason you make the move, but I'm just saying their floor has been raised. Do you know what I mean? Where those picks, like, even if you look at the lottery, bro, like look at the lottery over the last five years, how many of those guys are still on the same team? Like, I think a lot of that is overrated. And again, you got three, you know, all NBA guys, your floors raised. Those picks may or may not, you know, amount to anything, but I bet that they're not much. So I don't know. That's the, that's the side for, uh, for uh, Minnesota. What is Utah doing then? Did they just pick between Mitchell and, and Gobert by doing this? No, I think, uh, was it just, Time to shake things up because you've ran the same team back for so many years. Remember a couple of, it's been a while now where I talk about the camaraderie between that, that unit. They've had kind of the same guys for a little bit, right? It was Joe Ingles. They had uh, Conley for a while. Conley for a while. Mitchell, Gobert. They brought in uh, Bogdanovich. Like they've ran the Royce same O'Neal. coach. Yeah, they've ran the same unit. And I, I, think, I think they knew this was going to come because that's why Quinn Snyder didn't want to come back it's like he like he probably didn't agree with the direction of the franchise he probably knew behind the scenes hey we're gonna trade one of these guys Mm. probably rudy you know and it's look it's a danny ainge move danny ainge runs the jazz now he ran the celtics 
He brought over the assistant coach from Boston, Will Hardy. Uh, he gave him a six-year contract. You don't give co- coaches six-year contracts unless they're proven. Exactly. That, yeah. I wasn't even going to say that, but you're right. Like I didn't even think of it from that perspective. You're right. I think everyone was in lockstep, and Quinn Snyder knew, like, hey, I don't want to do the rebuild. Um, and look, every time Danny Ainge makes a trade, bro, it's like, it's almost like everyone thinks he's the winner, but he never really makes the tra- those trades, right? Like, he's been very selective, but when he makes the trade, it's like, oh, he won the home, he hit a home run, he Is won it the like trade. Me in fantasy, yeah, it's like whenever <laughs> he sends something, whenever Nick sends a trade, it's like, well, I, know, I, I well, probably lost this trade. <laughs> Let's go. It's true, though. No, but yeah, the consensus is anytime Danny Ainge makes a trade, it's like, ah, oh, he knows something, right? But like, it's, he knows he, he's doing something right. He has the clout. He had the clout in Boston to be able to do that, to sit and wait and wait and wait. And he pounced on the Nets. He built Boston to what it was. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. He drafted all those. All those guys were drafted. Mm. And... Not only were they drafted, Boston had the first pick in the draft. They traded back and took the guy they wanted at one. Best player in the draft, too. And, and so, it's an extreme. I believe it's an extremely calculated decision that took place months ago. And uh, if you're a Utah fan, I think uh, you know you have faith in Danny Ainge. He built the Celtics up all through the draft, um, and I think it's only a matter of time for Donovan Mitchell. I think. The All-Star Games in Utah, similar to an Anthony Davis situation where uh, he was on the Pelicans, you know, they wanted him there because, you know, whenever there's the- It's a celebration. The the hometown guy, it's a big celebration that year. Yes, it is in Utah. So I wouldn't be surprised, man, if it's a a trade deadline, Donovan Mitchell gets moved, but, you know, they're playing a game of chicken because there's been rumors of him wanting out for a really long time, too. And, uh, again, you don't give that coach that contract, you know, you know, coach of the year candidate doesn't walk out the door if you don't know things are happening behind the scenes. So you mentioned before in passing about some of the parallels between the Nets and this Minnesota ownership, right? I want to ask you about the Nets now. Um, not much has happened but a lot has been said is gonna happen and you got the Kyrie stuff you got the Durant stuff are they staying are they going are they happy are they not I have nowadays bro even like Durant is signed for four more years it don't mean that they're gonna be there like it's it's unbelievable how often a player will complain about the situation then get the money or they make the trade to bring their boy in, or they sign with their boy somewhere, and then six months to twelve months later, it's like I don't want to be here no more. Shit happens all the time, bro. Now more than ever, man. It is unbelievable. Like I, I know we're gonna talk more on the next episode about like the contract extensions, and we got some like superlatives and stuff. But it's like Bradley Beal. People are going like, yo, he got a quarter of a million, a billion dollars to stay in Washington. Congrats being in Washington. People are trolling him like. It, would it surprise you if at All Star break Washington gets rid of him? And no, takes on that's the- what's going to happen. 
That's what always happens nowadays. And But the problem is, you want to know what the biggest issue of it all is, like free agency doesn't exist anymore because all the guys don't want to leave the 70 million on the table, the 80 million on the table. And you know what? I don't blame them because when you can sign the contract and then request the trade, why wouldn't you do that? But so while, you know, I just said, you know, the NBA is this like 24, 7, 3, 6, 5 league and I love it. And it's super exciting. I do think some of the stuff has been watered down because of that exact reason. These guys aren't leaving the money on the table. You know, they're just going to be foolish to wait it out yeah. and then just demand your trade. Oh, and, you know, from the other side, it's like, oh, yeah, at least he's locked in. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, Bradley Beal, and we'll talk about it, but he, I think he's the only guy in the NBA now that's going to have a no trade no clause. clause. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's Wizards legend. Bradley yeah. Beal. Yeah. Uh, talk about what, what's going on in Brooklyn, man. What do you what do you think? What do you think? Why is this happening too? Like, is this not what you wanted? Yo, if, I if feel so bad. They gave them everything. Everything, bro. They even got their boy paid. Like, DeAndre Jordan made $30 million when he's like a, a $3 million on the veterans minimum kind of player right now. But because he was the middleman, remember he was with the Knicks? And they're like, yo, this is our boy. Yeah, yeah. They paid the 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 Kyrie and Durant tax was $30 million additional for DeAndre Jordan. It's not just that. It's the coach too. It's the coach also. What about what about that they paid Durant the whole year to sit and rehab? Too? Yeah, when all the reports were that he could have played, right? No, not that he could have played, but it's like, yo, he tore his Achilles, and then he signs with the Nets. He didn't play that first year. Yeah, but I mean, I think any that would any team would have done that. I don't think that is anything right. that right. you know sets yeah. them apart. I think it's the other moves. It's, it's it's so you so you paid thirty million to Jordan to DeAndre Jordan. You fired the coach who was a coach of the year. I think he either won coach of the year or he was like in the running. Atkinson took Jared Dudley, uh, uh, Karis LeVert, D'Angelo Russell, you know, Broadway to, Joe Harris, bro. <laughs> and look, every GM I think it's safe to say would have done what the Nets did. If you had the chance to land Kyrie and KD, I think every as considering what the roster looked like, mm. I think every GM does it. Yeah, of course you do. Right, but it's outrageous to me to hear people say they wouldn't do that. Like even knowing what I know now, you have a chance to get those guys. You do it. Yeah, you do it. And the thing I was saying about Durant is, is, is that so fascinating and, and just strange. It's like. The Nets paid seventy million dollars to like bring him in here, and that had nothing to do with his playing, right? Like that first year, yeah. like you said, which I agree, someone would have paid it. But like they they paid you that money, you got DeAndre Jordan to come, then you trade for James Harden too, and it's like yo, you have everything that you wanted. You guys are basically running the team, and now you want out. Not basically, they are no, running you are. the team. Yeah, 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 definitely not basically. It, I you know I feel I feel bad and and also it's. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like that's why you know you don't you know you don't let these guys run your franchise. Now it's different if you're a LeBron, if you're a, you know some of these guys are bigger than not bigger than the league, but like a LeBron yeah, is a different but, example. You know what nah, I mean? Nah, I I hear what you're saying, but I disagree because I think Durant is on that level. To me, there's five guys in the league that I will let run my franchise. It clearly, didn't work. Yeah, did, did it work? No, it's not working. But I'm saying he's one of those. It's him, it's Curry, it's Luka, Giannis, and LeBron. But how can you say that when the the example is right in front of you? Think about who he hitched his wagon to. Right. Kyrie Irving. Right. Who's, who's Like that, Like to me, it's like, yo, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Like, 
I, I'm not trading the house for KD. Every single place he's gone, he's just been upset. And he's like, I want to get out of here. Like, nah, like this is this is like a perfect example of why he's not the guy to do that. I don't care how good he is. And he's over 30 now. It's just, nah, that's not, it's not the guy. Hmm. Okay. That's a good point. Like, that's a good point. The example is there and it's happening right now in front of us. Literally right in front of you. Yeah. Yo, and it's crazy. Like, yo, they moved mountains for these guys. And I, and again, I understand why they did it, but it's just like, it's every, when you think about everything, it's it, I, like the coach too. Like those guys didn't want to get coached. Bro, they were cool with paying Kyrie to just chill. Remember when Kyrie did the news conference, the press conference? He's like, yeah, we're all going to manage and coach the team. Like, well, we're all going to run the team. Like, what? Yeah. Nah, bro, you're the player. You, I think... Um, but think about the, the, the freedom that they had. The fact that he could just not play home games, right? That he would just play on the road. And they and were he, cool with it. And he's, and he's getting buckets. Well, they weren't cool with it at first. Remember. They weren't. But then it got to a point where, like, they needed him. They need him. And they were like, yeah, all right, fine. Whatever you want. So, like, they're, they're catering to yeah. every demand. And it's still, like, just not good enough. Yeah. It's scary, man. And uh, now, to me, the most interesting piece of the whole thing is that they can't tank. They have none of their picks. Mm. They have to be competitive. Like, so that's why the the locations that he can get sent to, despite him needing to be okay with it, they also there also needs to be a mutual understanding of like, look. Maybe this didn't work out or, hey, look, this didn't work out. But we need to at least have a, you know, a mutual understanding of we need things back for you that will make us competitive for the next four or five years because we traded everything to make you happy. You know what I mean? Like, and I hope you know, that is part of the conversation. That's just, just – and I'm sure it is. You, know, you can't do bad business like that. Um, but it, it's interesting, you know. Where where does he go? What's the best package? Do they try to work it out? Um, can you you think you could work it out after all this shit? Can you still be in a relationship with someone that just trashed you openly to the public? That's basically what they did, right? The fact that any of these things don't get leaked out unless people wanted to get leaked out, mm -hmm. right? When someone tells you, "Hey, keep this between us two," if it gets out, chances are it's because they wouldn't be that upset, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how often have you been? with someone not not a relationship i'm talking about in general like yeah don't, don't tell someone so this and then eventually it gets them yeah it's like well one of the reasons why you're saying it if you didn't really want it to be heard by others you probably wouldn't mention it so the fact that all this shit is happening it's like they wanted to plant that seed in the media <sighs> nothing gets leaked unless people I, want it to. and also when you want to figure out who the leak is who does the leak benefit that's the person who leaked it uh that's a bar too yeah, yeah oh but yeah. that's just it makes sense. Um, it's just uh, I, I'm I'm really I'm really interested to see what happens because at the end of the day, it may just benefit the Nets. You know they they cannot lose. Like when you think about the front office, Sean Marks got here and inherited a shitstorm from when Prokhorov was the owner and they traded all the picks for Pierce and Garnett. Yeah. Sean Marks inherited that bag of shit. So he wasn't like responsible for anything like previous, right? Um, he's on the line for these picks, right? Yeah, because it was his decision. These were, so. This yeah, was all yeah. his decision. And again, granted, we're not saying like, 
other people wouldn't have done it. Everyone would have done the same thing, regardless. You know, it's his ass on the line. Um, and so, you know, Raptors, Heat, Suns, those are, you know, from a... Fucking Miami's just always just lurking, bro. Miami's always just like... Heat culture, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just always in the mix, too. Well, they're always like... Would th- that they're would, good. They're just always good. Of the teams you mentioned, that's probably the team that could give the Nets something back. Not on that level, but you can... It's You get a better return, I think, from Miami. Of all I think teams. of the three I just gave you, the Heats is the worst. Really? Who would you say first? I think the Raptors. If you can somehow get Scotty Barnes and OG on Anobi, I think... You know, obviously, and maybe a, a couple picks or something like that. I think that is uh, a better return. I also think, depending on how I high like they Barnes are, Barnes a lot, bro. Barnes is amazing, bro. Two way, right? big, big wing can play point guard. Him with Simmons. Imagine yeah. that you're gonna have two six nine, six ten ball handlers, really good on defense. Just yeah, like you can have unique lineups out there for sure. So, and you got shooting. Right, uh, just it, it's just they'll just like be like a super long wingy team, which is like where the NBA is going. And then I think it's the Sun second, where you, it's a combination of 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 Mikael Bridges. He would have to be a hundred percent. Then it's how high are you on Aiton? But he's also a free agent too. Though. Well, it would be so a sign in. Like they have trade. they have sign in trade rights. Mm. So. It, to me, you know, Mikael Bridges, Aiton. I don't know if they would go Cam Johnson. Who is another great kind of a big wing shooter as well, and picks? You would have to, bro. That's not enough just for Durant. But the thing is, though, I think Durant's value has taking a hit. Is taking a hit. I, it's crazy to think. But the value has taken a hit, not because of his play, though. It's because of the antics. Absolutely. So that's why I think there's not. I mean, that yo, much he got leverage. swept. He got swept in the first round. Granted, by the Celtics that went to the finals, but. I think like people. I think front offices are like he's over thirty. He's coming off a serious injury. He's still a top three five player in the league. We're not denying that, but I do think to your point, it's the off the court stuff. He just signed a four year deal and he's asking to get out already. He just won. He won two rings and he wanted to leave that team because he was upset for whatever reason. You know, like it's more than just. And if you have to move mountains to get the guy. That's the issue. Imagine, like, if you if you don't have to give up that much to get him, that's a different story. Mm. But considering what Rudy Gobert just went for, and it's kind of funny how it all comes back, I think that's the big issue. And then the Heat is hero, six man of the year. Yeah. Kyle Lowry and picks. Right? Pretty much everyone but Bam and Jimmy, I think, are available. Yeah. And uh, you want Duncan Robinson? You could take him. He couldn't even see the court last year. So, uh, I those are the three teams to me, you know, in terms of like where he would want to go, maybe, and uh, that have some pieces that can they can move back. I think, despite all of this stuff, though, he stays. Him and Kyrie are on Brooklyn in in October. And then what? They played this year out one more ride. You kind of you kind of ride it out. You see what what this team looks like with Simmons. Mm-hmm. 
Because, yeah, they got they got swept in the first round. But what they gave up for Harden, did anything contribute to that team? Drummond? Mm. Seth got hurt also. Like, Simmons was literally nothing. Yeah. So maybe you want to see the Nets with what this team could look like with the of course. Simmons trade. I think Brooklyn wants to, but I also just think they're so fed up. You know, like, they're just like, let's just cut bait, potentially. Um, but I do want to see what they look like, and I'm a Knicks fan. Yo, listen, man. <laughs> for for as much heat as NFL contracts get for not being fully guaranteed, this is why no other league sees worst to first more than the NFL. Because a contract like Durant, they'd be like, whatever, man. We'll take this loss, this guaranteed $60 million. And we'll cut the remaining 140. Whatever. Yeah. But you don't hold on to these bad contracts. Not that this is a bad contract, but the scenario, all the shitstorm going mm-hmm. down, you get rid of it. That's so why you, you have see, some flexibility, yeah. You have Much some, more flexibility. Way, way more, more. Yeah. Well, now a lot of these some of these NFL contracts are all guaranteed too now, though. People are taking less years for more, more money. money. And Reeves started that, right? Yeah. But <sighs> I think they both end up on Brooklyn. On again. Brooklyn? Yeah. That's fair. Let's end with the New York team that we love and hold close to our hearts. The Knicks get Jalen Brunson. At the, the last time I spoke about this, it was rumored that he was going to go gonna go there. I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it. I was waiting since I knew you were coming on to talk about it now. How do you feel about the move? I like it. And let me just like say something. You know me. I'm a Knicks fan. This may sound biased. I feel like I've been very um, fair with this front office. Like since Leon Rose got here, I feel like I've really been fair. And um, I've even criticized them when I felt like it was necessary. Like the Kemba Walker thing was a disaster. Evan Fournier has not been a contract that has been, you know, deemed movable since they thought it, you know, it would be easily moved when they signed him. Uh, But it's like they got better. You know, everyone's criticizing them. Oh, they don't have a star. They don't have a star. Jalen Brunson's a guy that helps you get a star. He could be the third best player on a championship team. You know what I mean? And you got him at, you know, he's, they signed him to $25 million a year that descends. So his contract goes down every year. So that's not, I don't know if that's them do, him doing them a favor, but that bodes well for their timeline. You know, they got better in free agency and um, I don't, it's hard to criticize it. Did they pay a couple extra dollars? Maybe, yeah, it's free agency though. You know, like he was the second best player on the Western Conference Finals team last year, you know, and, 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 and the last thing that I'll say is like, there's, could be untapped potential that you're paying for if he gets the ball more, right? Like there is, is something that it's not like you're paying for a guy and you know what he is already, you know, you're paying a guy who could get better you and you don't know that yet. And if he does get better, then he will outperform his contract. So that's like another reason why I'm a little bit higher on it than other people, because we don't know what he'll look like with more opportunity, you know, what a higher usage we've seen it in the playoffs and he looks pretty damn good. Well, the biggest thing for the pro Brunson crowd is his numbers with Luca off the floor are wild. He averages like seven points more per game, yeah. three assists more, because Luca is such a high usage guy. He's been like, like the one of the 10, of all time of all time. Yeah, like already. Yeah, 
And year in, year out, he commands the ball so much and everything runs through him. So that would be where you could say what you're saying and it be validated. Where Brunson, yeah, on the surface it might look bad, but let's let's look at him without Luka. Let's see him now running a team like this. I could see it. To me, though, the issue that I have is when you make certain moves, like the, the, the trades prior to it with like Nerland's Noel and shit like that, and you're trying to create more additional cap space to get a like, guy like Brunson, like that's where it bothers me. Let me tell you why I think what you're saying doesn't matter. They drafted a kid in the second round, Jericho Sims, who they're paying $1 million to, who was, who was performing like a Nerland's Noel. He got rotation minutes last year, and he played well. Now... Is he as good as Nerlens Noel? Maybe not. But he's just as serviceable, and they drafted him in the second round at a fraction of the cost. So I don't necessarily mind th- this idea that they signed him and then had to trade him when the guy that they essentially are going to replace him with is, making is a fraction of the cost. And it was someone, by the way, that you went and you found in the draft. So kudos to your scouting department. Um so look, was the Kemba Walker, you know, did they have to move a couple, you know, four second round picks to get off Kemba? Sure. But, yo, honestly, I'm not just saying this, yo, second round picks don't really matter. Can you, can you go back to previous drafts and, and find a star draft in the second round? Of course. But a lot of those picks don't even come to fruition. Sometimes they're don't even, got, make, the don't even make the NBA. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what does it matter to me? I think a lot of that was overblown. Um, and it's like a last thing on the overpay. You have to. Also. You have to. But right. reporting was reporting was that the Mavs were going to offer him like twenty to twenty two. They only paid him a couple million dollars more than the team that was going to retain him at. That's normal. Like, come on, let's not. He what, what is he a twenty million ish dollar player a year guy? You're giving him a couple extra million dollars, and again, and it's descending, so it's going down year over year. So. You know they're they, they're not a championship level team, but they're a, they they got better. You know what I mean? And it's like I love how like the Knicks, and maybe this is where the bias will come out. But it's like last year everyone was gushing over the Bulls. They traded like two firsts for Vucevic. They signed Levine. They signed DeRozan. Those are big moves. I'm not taking that away. But it's like they the way that the commentary around the Bulls last offseason was, oh, you know, credit to them. You know, they're not going to win a championship, but at least they're trying to get better. Right, like where is that for the Knicks? Like that's literally what the Knicks just did. Yeah, but also they brought in a uh, DeRozan, in DeRozan, Caruso, Lonzo. Yeah, like they brought in a lot more. A talent. couple, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, like it's still recording. The mic, the headset just went out. So yeah, it's like, you're right, and, and I'm not. It's like to a lesser extent. I'm I'm not saying, you know. They, they they made the moves on the You're Bulls level. You're thinking of the idea of improving your team and them not getting the, their flowers for doing so. Where the other, yeah, I, I get that. But I also think it's because of the level of players that you brought in. But they've at least made attempts. Whether or not they've worked or not, they've taken some swings. Every offseason, they they've made an attempt to make the roster better. Like, um, you know, they traded for Derrick Rose. For, they traded a second-round pick for Derrick Rose midseason. That was a home run. Right? Then the next offseason, okay, Kemba, you try, it doesn't work. Fournier, whatever. Yeah, but Kemba also, I was gushing, and I'd still do that. He would still do that deal in a heartbeat. $8 million. million. So, like, I just think a lot of it is overblown. You know, I think, and real quick, I have it here. For the draft day, the 11th pick went out the door, Kemba Walker went out the door, and four second round picks went out the door. That's what happened. That went out. Ready? 
the 11th pick, Kemba, and four seconds. Okay. In three future first-round picks, Detroit, Washington, Milwaukee. That That's like after the dust settled, that's what happened. And, and again, and when you think about it as well, in terms of the in, you can also make the argument part of the in is Jalen Brunson because getting rid of Kemba lets you sign him. Mm. So... You know, Detroit will be good soon. That first-round pick will come to fruition. Washington, who knows what's going to happen. They could make the playoffs. They may not. Either way, that pick will eventually come to fruition. And Milwaukee, that pick will definitely come to fruition. So they got three first-round picks that they can either keep or move for a star. So it's like, I don't know, man. I, I really think that anyone being, like, unfair to the Knicks is just, like, LOL Knicks, you know? Like, they're just doing it for clicks. And I will say, I feel like a solid amount of kind of, like, basketball Twitter and the media has been pretty, like, fair. And, like, yeah, I like Brunson. Good move. So there's just a pocket of people that are, like, uh, Knicks, Brunson, overpay. Like, come on. Let's chill. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. The Knicks are going to make headlines. Regardless. Either way. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a... It, they're a punching bag, right? Like, it's just not a cool thing, but it's an easy target, yes. right? Because it's the Mecca. It's the home of basketball. It's New York's team. And, you know, they've been a nightmare for the majority of our lifetime. Since so last year. Well, the, the the you know, Randall shooting in the empty gym. Right. And last thing, Brunson. I think, you know, you'll at least know what you have in terms of, like, RJ... I think they need to move Randall because you have to see what you have in Obi, the guy you drafted eighth, the guy who who Obi top and in games when he plays twenty or more minutes, sixteen points a game, six rebounds. Uh, he did some things at the end of last year when they sat Randall out, and I think it like I think it, you owe it to your organization. Like yo, you wasted a not wasted, you used spent, yeah. you spent a pick on this guy. You need to see what you have. So I think you know maybe Randall builds his value up. With Brunson taking some of the load off, with RJ taking a step, quickly doing his thing. Maybe Randall's value goes up, and then they trade him at the deadline or something like that. But they need to know what they have, because Tibbs won't play, uh, he won't play OB and Randall together, and that's like the most frustrating thing in the world. Mm. Part of it is the coach, but I wanted to fire the coach, but that's a conversation for another podcast. This was fun, man. We got another one we're about to record right after we finish this one. You can find all things Veterans Minimum at veteransminimum.com. Hit the Shopify. We have two new hats available, a summer drop. And, yeah, we're looking to uh, tag us. Tag us if you buy stuff. If you're listening to the show, repost. It goes a long way. We need to start doing more of that. We need you guys to help us to grow the show. And, yeah. At Nick Day is 10, as you can find me. Imp, where can they find you? IMPY718 on Twitter and Anthony E. Impostato on Instagram. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.